I think one of the things that people lose sight of is when they see the workout, that they assume that they have to do it exactly as written. And that's not the case. Just like the weight is, just because that weight's up there doesn't mean that's what you do. I mean, how many times have you helped me with overhead squats with nothing more than a 15-pound bar? Because that's all I could do. Well, adjust it. Ask the coach, hey, this is bothering me or I struggle here. How can we maximize what I can do and minimize what I can't. Hey everybody, it's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. This is Matthew McGar. I am 50 years old. I have been doing CrossFit for a little over four years now, and it has been an interesting journey. My wife and two sons often lament of me disappearing off to the gym, said I'm almost here as much as at work, although it doesn't feel like it some days. And it has been a interesting trip with how why I started here, what I intended to do, and how much that has changed over time with what has gone on with my progression through CrossFit life. Let's start with that, man. What a great intro. Uh, Give me a little bit more about what you just said, like how it's changed. Um, When I walked in the door, I decided that I needed, I did not have enough time to go lift and then go run at just a golds or anytime fitness and so i was like oh yeah and kind of knew what the basics of crossfit were walked in and found myself wholly unprepared for what crossfit is in that it is lifting it is yoga it is aerobics and everything else thrown in with a bike and a rower and whatever <laughs> else and we would be doing stretching before class and would be getting ready to squat and they'd be like okay squat well i am squatting no no, no. go so your legs are parallel uh, well you're gonna have to give me a bar in about 135 pounds yeah <laughs> and i'm better now i can uh, you know a lot more flexible and so starting in you're like oh i want to go whole hog i want to be able to you know be you know be as good as chris raya mm-hmm. and you get started and then you look at the daunting task that that level requires how long did you hang out in that framework that mindset probably for a good year to 18 months and i remember the second year that i did the open and i was in the right outside the top 10 for my age group scaled Mm -hmm. in the region and so i was like oh okay you know looking up I'm making improvement and then work kind of caught up with me and time kind of took a little bit of a toll there I kind of hit one of those points where you can't do what you did before and then it changed from okay well I'm just going to be as strong as possible because I, I don't have enough time to do those things and that again ran into the problem of 
consistency. And you're a really strong guy, so that could that yeah. was a natural thought. Just. Yeah. And that went from I tweaked a hamstring and it kind of set me back a little bit. And it got tougher because with my schedule, I could only be in here so often. And so that consistency wasn't there. I, I was blind to that. You know, I can't the, – the strength is no different mm-hmm. from being a – wanting to make it to regionals. You, that level of commitment has to be an everyday thing and wasn't there. And so then it came like, all right, well, I'm just going to get in here and now I'm kind of lost a little bit and kind of flailed around and didn't take care of myself like I should. And like right now I'm sore groin that's been bothering me for three months and Mm. I can't do those things that I could. I'm a squatter. I love to squat, have always, you know, been able to do that. And now I can't. And so I've had to focus on other things. And it has been actually a a bonus or a, a push up in my capabilities of the things that I can do now instead of passing on some of the stuff that I used to pass on or kind of uh, now I now I can focus on that. How does this compare to previous workout programs or motivation in the uh, gym? This is the longest I've stuck with anything ever. And this is from a guy who you know did cross-country basketball track all through high school stayed fit played rugby after high school and but all that stuff kind of off and on off and on but this is the longest that I've ever made any workout program what do you think the the reason for that is or the reasons it's the social aspect it you 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 have a family here you have accountability you have it's not so much that you're wanting to work out. You're wanting to see some people and work out. And that is such a fundamental difference from anything else that you do on your own. It's almost like you're playing a team sport again without the but with the team being people just wandering in and out. Yeah, at no, the same time. I, and, and, and I think what you said is brilliant. It's... <laughs> The workout almost happens because you come see people, and that's mm-hmm. just what you do here. Mm-hmm. But coming back to see people is the consistency okay. and, and the accountability accountability built into that. What did you do prior to CrossFit, like in your last, I guess, 20, 30 years? Um, I have played, used to run a lot, uh, did basketball in high school, still played kind of off and on after high school. Uh, I got into rugby, and that was my big thing for uh, what I did the most of from the early '90s up till almost 2000. Like a like a semi pro league, or was it a rec I played, league? I, I played. The Navy had a team where I was stationed, and I played on it. And we played various British teams, and then I played for A and M here, and then coached as well. As, man is it pretty intense it is it is my favorite sport of all others in spite of the wear and tear on your body because it too is a social sport you don't after games at, at the level i played 
you hung out with the people afterwards. And so you got to meet new people. You got to, it's not just some guy you're playing against. It's another guy to hang out with and talk to, share a few beers with and whatever else. I mean, it doesn't matter what y'all did to each other in the game. You know, you can laugh about it and have a drink afterwards. And to me, that was one of the great things about it is it's not a mindless paradigm. It's involvement. Were you pretty fit when you were playing rugby? wasn't bad i mean there were people more fit um but again that was also before i really lifted a lot or lifted at all and so that's one of the reasons i got bad shoulders is i just never had enough muscle mass to take the hits that i did plus the first game i played first tackle i made i basically dislocated my right shoulder played the rest of the game, and was I was driving a Jeep at the time that had a manual transmission, and somebody had to ride home with me so they could shift because I, I couldn't shift the gears by myself. Wow. I mean, it's a really rough sport. Or If you play – I mean, yeah, it's, any sport's rough. Yeah. CrossFit's rough. Look at yeah. all the stuff that happens. It, But it comes back to that thing that I've started to embrace is that form matters. Mm. How you tackle somebody – matters you're not in football you're not hitting like that because your shoulders can't take that your head can't take that and so you're tackling and it's a whole different mindset as well because the game is played by possession and not by yardage wow how long so you played until i guess 2000 what 2000 about 2000 so i guess really 97 was my last year of playing um because I had already had the shoulder bothering me, and then I was tackled and pulled down and popped my knee pretty good and damaged an ankle. And so that was pretty much the end of my day. What did you do after that? Anything? I, I went into coaching, tried to stay fit, but at that point I was still trying to get out of school and started dating my wife and a whole confluence of things, and then really fell off the wagon as far as fitness till probably 2000 almost 2002 when uh was getting ready to get married i'm like i'm not going to be this fat at my wedding (laughs) and so um started working out again and wasn't doing bad i was going to the gym running and that lasted for a while and then just kind of fell off again did you what was the heaviest that you ever got uh, actually, the heaviest I ever got was when I walked in the door here at 215. Okay. Where are you at now? 205. And I'm, uh, that's just strictly me not listening to Chris Rea in spite of his best <laughs> efforts. Yeah. So give me a little bit about your experience here. I mean, we talked a little bit at the beginning, but you, you obviously have been committed. You have learned a lot of things, but we know you never interacted with CrossFit before you came here right so what do you, you know what would you say first and foremost you love about crossfit the workout the programming um i love the fact that no matter what we come in here and do i for lack of a better term fail at something it's a and, and strangely enough I, i'm i'm okay with that i love that because it gives me something to work on Mm. And I've fully 
this place has taught me to really embrace failure in a way that I haven't in a long since probably uh, the mid nineties. What was your first experience with that here? Or, or do you recall around about how it uh, went? Um, yeah, I did the open that following year after I got here and not knowing a whole enough. I was like, Oh, I can RX this absolute <laughs> just disaster. And it was like, wow. Okay. And it, one of those moments where you go, I think I need to look at what am I doing? And it's like, okay, well, you need to be fitter. You need to be stronger. You need to be more flexible. And you start to go, oh, well, that's pretty much everything. Well, yeah, but I, it's at a level beyond where I had gotten to already. And that's the cool thing is I try to explain that CrossFit's not about doing what the person next to you is doing. It's doing what you can do. Mm. And that to me is the coolest thing in the world is I can – be here with some people I enjoy being around and I'm under no pressure to do as many reps or to do as much weight as they are unless that falls within the parameters of what I can do Mm. and the second part is learning what those parameters are that's the that's the tough one is to learn to push without going so far as to hurt yourself and so where like where do you feel the biggest breakthrough in that thought process came for you. Hmm. Cause you're pretty, That's... you're pretty type a, you know, <laughs> you want to go 110% yes. every day. Um, I probably the second or third open, uh, we had some complex with cleans and jumping pull-ups on the scale. And I got to, I mean, ripped right through it up until whatever the weight got too much on the scale. And I could almost get it, could almost get it, could almost get it. And watching other people then pass me, because I was stuck at what was not, quote, not that heavy of a weight. There were still two or three more rounds to go after that. And that was a one of those moments where it's like, okay, you're going to have to learn how to do these things right because I had discovered with my squat is that I wasn't as strong, but I could do almost as much weight because my form had gotten that much better. And it was just a simple step of going, well, this applies to everything else. And so that's when started really trying to work on the mobility and the form and doing things right and letting my success flow from doing it right, not from trying to throw something around so you know a lot of guys i think would would rather choose to just quit you know like it and just go do something that form fits them better right like instead of coming in and basically what you're saying is you're getting humbled daily <laughs> you're you're but you continue to right mm-hmm. and, and the growth happens in that right mm-hmm. it's the same idea in a lot of areas of life so you know what what has uh what has opened your mind to, I guess, humility and truly like submitting to things that you're not good at and trying and improving? I think you have to embrace failure. Understand that it, no matter what you do, failure is going to happen. And you can let that define you or you can use it to make it a, a step to the next level. And it got to the point where it's like, okay, I've got 
all these resources here that I've not made use of. You had Josh, you have Matt Haynes, and just a whole, Trent, you have a whole list of people that are willing to help you, but you have to ask. You have to be humble enough to ask to say, okay, I can't do this. What am I doing wrong? And once you get over that hurdle to say, what am I missing here? Or help me with my form, you know, the doors start opening and it's I think members also you know what you just said is really good they don't think to ask right they you know and oftentimes I think it's uh that's coach's job right like that's what they're here to do but even you know so expand on that a little bit like times that you have not because you've asked even outside of class times Mm -hmm. you know which oftentimes are more valuable times because Mm -hmm. that's when you can get a private attention Mm -hmm. answer so give me a little bit more about what you mean by that one of the things that is, to me, as I explained to CrossFit, it's, it's like having a, sharing a personal trainer with a few other people for an hour. And without making the leap of, he's the coach is there for me. He's not here to sit in the corner and play on his phone, or she, because Selena, Michelle Wagner, have all helped me too. It's that question of, okay, this doesn't, I see people doing this faster and better. And I've got an idea that my aerobic fitness is about on par with theirs. So what's the difference? Ask. Here, your your elbows aren't coming around fast enough. Or you're too upright when you get the bar to your knees. All those little bitty things that go into making a clean or a clean and jerk when you're getting to a, a seven or eight, nine step movement, there's a obviously practice in that, but you have to know what the steps feel like, what they look like, so that you can keep that flowing to get to step seven, eight, nine. If you screw up step three, which is picking the bar up to your knees to the hang position, well, then the rest of it's not going to go well. When you were new to all of this, you know, I think there's like a learning curve where it's like you're just having to understand like a clean and jerk actually goes from the ground to your shoulder to overhead, right? Mm-hmm. Much less you're not thinking about the hang position, the power position, hip extension, shrug, high pull, you know. So at what point did you start really thinking? Because I think there's a lot of new people that mm-hmm. could be listening that might think, okay, well, like, I'm just trying to understand what that word on the board means. Mm-hmm. Did you go through that period of time too? Yes. And at what point did you start kind of really what you're calling, what you're saying now is fine tuning and picking apart movement. It, it kind of goes back to that, the open part that I was talking about. It's like, okay, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Uh, and so I'm, I personally am unsure here and here and here. So I go ask and that's what this place exists for. That's why other people are here with you is to, hey, look at me do this. What did I, this doesn't feel right. And it's amazing what you can see by watching other people, even though you might not be that good at a particular movement, I can sit there and watch somebody and go, ah, well, you're not keeping the bar close to you. It's coming out. And that's why you're well, having- And I've seen you too, like help other people. Like, uh, I, it's, yeah. To me- this goes back to part of what CrossFit is. It's it's not the coach's responsibility to to 
do everything in his entirety. We're there to help each other, help him. And if I can leave the coach free to help somebody who truly needs it and I can provide a quick fine tune to somebody, yeah, I'm all about that. Something that you've asked before and gotten answers to. And people who've helped me, and it's like, what is what are we if we can't pay it forward somehow, yeah. somewhere? And so one of the things I notice that you do is you you typically will come in early. You're not the guy who comes at you know at, uh, 8.05, 8.07. We're not talking about Travis Inslee or <laughs> Dustin Campbell. Love those guys. No, you're you're typically like 7.30 mm-hmm. for an 8 a.m., you know, and, and so but you also do some stuff with that time. And I think some people realize don't realize that man that time could be great preparatory work so what is yeah give, give me a little bit of reasoning behind it uh, i imagine you're not a person who's late anywhere <laughs> no <laughs> okay but 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 especially early to the gym and you you definitely use that time wisely knowing what my my big weakness is mobility and knowing that if we've got a something that involves a front rack complex then i know that i'm going to have to come in here I'm going to have to get my wrists stretched out real well. I'm going to have to get my back and traps and triceps all stretched out so that I can start to make the front racks work for me and not have to... The first time I did thrusters, I couldn't rest the bar on my chest. And I'm, I'm just having to sit in there holding up with my shoulders. Well... It don't tend to take very long with thrusters before your shoulders are like, sorry, we're done, buddy. You, mm-hmm. you've, you, you've used us too much. This is not going on anymore. And when you get to that point, then what happens? You start leaning back, trying to crutch it, and then now you're killing your back, and it just goes downhill from there. And so I come in here and really concerned about mobility in my back because I struggle there, mobility in my wrists and in my shoulders and ankles, and then just trying to get my hips loosened. I mean, it sounds like a chiropractic appointment. And that's kind of where it comes from is this whole list of coaches going, you need to be, you're, you need more mobility to help yourself here. You're, you're, you're going to struggle to get past this point unless you get more mobile. Okay. And so I've embraced that and I'm able to do so much more now because I am more mobile and my I've picked up the finer points on some things that form matters and unless you can get into the position and know how to get in the position this is a long hard slog here Mm -hmm. but the cool thing about this is most places they get you in you sign a contract for a year, and then they just kind of leave you on your own to flounder. It's not that way here. It can be if you choose not to participate, but if you come in and participate, the doors keep opening. They're the the you can keep going on. And I think that's so cool, man, for you being in this four years and understanding that principle is a big reason why you keep doing it because we all want to continue to grow, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, take mobility as an example, because you and I have talked about it. I've seen you struggle through it, shoulders, you know, all of the above, you know. And what most people, what happens, this is unfortunate, they get to that 
really that what they consider a dead end mm-hmm. you know that brick wall and oh i guess overhead squats just aren't for me i guess snatching just isn't for me i guess handstand push-ups isn't for me and instead of actually trying to say hey one percent improvement is something they they basically settle with saying well i'm just gonna find something else you know but for you you have just relentlessly continued to improve at marginal improvement in areas you know but still over four years it ends up being pretty substantial it does and it's you know handstand push-ups for example because of my wrist killed me so one day you walk i'm like man this is killing my wrist and you're like use your wrist wraps it'll help a ton well it did okay Mm -hmm. a little bit better Uh, a little bit later talking with watching chris rayer and talking to him he's like oh no he goes yeah don't no rotate your hands out it's like oh (laughs) isn't that amazing it's like oh okay well this isn't so bad now and now i can start to make improvements it it just little bitty things if you're willing to watch ask and to go okay at some point you're going to come in here and the six-week challenge is a great example the people who do the six-week challenge are making gains, just huge gains. Okay, well, but that can only continue for so long. And now this is where those little bitty steps become more and more important. And uh, a month ago, I uh, worked with Brandon, and then Kyle said something when we were doing a a some sort of clean process. And it was like screwing in the light bulb. And all of a sudden, I go from struggling to get to what my PR is in a clean. I, I did it. The problem was is I, I cleaned it so well, I was like, oh, wait, I've already got the weight here. What do I do? Because oh, wow. my, my elbows were not fast fast enough because I was freaked out because I already had the weight up there. I'm like, uh, uh, okay. That was a revelation. And so now what, what do I go to next? Okay. Work on getting the elbows around faster to, okay, great. Now I can get my elbows around fast enough. Now I've got to get them around fast enough, taking the weight down. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, there's always a little bit more. There's like, okay, I got this, got this. Ooh, struggle here. What what am I missing? Oh, okay. Click, click, click. So and it's when you, do you look at the workouts ahead of time? Usually, what do you when you see a workout like let's let's what are what are probably I don't want to say least favorite in a negative way because it sounds like you probably desire improvement but like what are the the movements that you struggle with the most? Um, the honestly the thing that I really don't prefer the least yeah assault bike and burpees okay. I mean those are I I struggle on the bike I know I do but. I'm going to go ahead and come in because I can't get any better unless I'm willing to say I'm not good enough at this, so I got to go do it. Oh, and that's a, that's wisdom, man, for a guy who's been here four years. Because, you know, it, it's really easy to avoid certain workouts, right? Mm-hmm. We, we post it the, the yeah. night before. Um, and, you know, especially when you're in here and you're kind of new or you're not sure or some, it's, it's amazing how many people don't know we post the workouts the night Mm -hmm. before. So some people are like, oh, wow, I can look at the workout the night before. (laughs) It's probably better for not to just show up. 
But, you know, when you see a workout, let's just say it's burpees and assault bike, or, or what would you, what's your typical thought process? Like, what goes through your brain? Um, tighten the belt and suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Because are those things awful? Yeah. Because for me, for burpees, it gets to be getting down and being mobile enough. And I just, I just struggle at a bike now. I don't know why lack of doing it but and this is coming from some guy who yeah. you would think i rode a bike all the time well, as a kid and you go oh wait that was a couple decades a little, ago yeah yeah <laughs> Oops. no i love i love hearing that because like for me personally it's not a question if i'm coming it's mm-hmm. just like it's gonna happen yep whatever i get thrown whatever i'm thrown at like i'm gonna do you know it's like and i think that that comes with just you you value the workout you value the growth opportunity mm-hmm. you value the community right mm-hmm. the people right yep. all the above cuz at the end of the day the workout's not about the workout you know we're going to do what we're going to do yeah. but there's so many other benefits and and factors to consider i think one of the things that i learned in the military was that misery is best shared and if you've got people you and you enjoy being around and that you like, it doesn't matter what people make you do because you're not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. And that is all the difference in the world on when things are bleh. Yeah. So before we started recording, you started to kind of tell me about where you're at right now in mm-hmm. terms of trying to assess. And I think that would be a cool talking point for people to listen to for you to share with like where you're at in your we'll say your crossfit your workout kind of experience at this age going through what you've been through so can you expand on that conversation a little bit okay um so we did some split jerks about three months ago and i strained or pulled my groin and so now the thing that i can do best squat really can't do because it just is a huge aggravation So I've now decided that, okay, great, this is forcing me to focus on shoulder stuff, shoulder mobility, and getting things correct with the cleans and whatever else. Because for me, it's not getting the weight off the ground. It's what I do with it after it's come off the ground that starts to become important. And then being able to have my shoulders flexible enough to do stuff in a correct manner. And it becomes for me a goal of Mike Gentry. I mean, he's in his mid sixties and still doing this. That's kind of, longevity has become my goal. And how do you, how do you make longevity? Well, luck plays into it. Yeah. But you, you longevity comes from doing things correctly so that you don't set yourself back. And, so I've, my form has become important. Form, 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 and doing things right. And it's it's kind of scary. I've started to get Dr. B a couple weeks ago. It's the first time I ever RX'd it, ever. I w- before that, I would not have considered trying to RX that because there's no way I could have done those movements because my form wasn't good enough. And so it has been this groin injury has been a real springboard into forcing me to focus on form. And I've enjoyed it. 
it's a whole other set of challenges. And it's not just, okay, now I've got step four right. And so that makes five, six, and seven really good. But you know what? I still need to work on eight and nine. But so, when, so when people are listening to this and they're thinking, man, you know, because they they feel aches and pains or maybe they have a little mm-hmm. bit of a, you know, maybe a shoulder or low back or something. And what's the best way to move forward in that with the classes and the workouts? And, you know, if somebody's not sure, you know, do they, maybe but, they think to avoid everything, you know. Uh, I think one of the things that people lose sight of is when they see the workout, that they assume that they have to do it exactly as written. And that's not the case. Just like the weight is, just because that weight's up there doesn't mean that's what you do. I mean, how many times have you helped me with overhead squats with nothing more than a 15-pound bar? Because that's all I could do. Well, adjust it. Ask the coach. Hey, this is bothering me or I struggle here. How can we maximize what I can do and minimize what I can't or where I struggle or help me grow through where I struggle? And those opportunities are all they're here every time you walk in the door. Make use of them because all you're doing is making yourself better. Uh, I know the at eight o'clock, you know, Philip, Patronella, Dustin, Travis, and now Clay and Lance, none of us are spring chickens anymore. And it's all about doing what we can so that you can A, walk out of here, and then B, walk in here again tomorrow. And ask questions. Don't be afraid to say, you know what? I need to work around this somehow because my shoulder's sore. Okay. Well, what can we do to move around that? There's in, there's an infinite number of ways to do that. Just ask. Yeah. And that's and that's the great thing is is I've learned and it took me a long time to learn this is be engaged. If you start engaging with the people you're around, with the coach, you there's no limit to the possibilities that you you can be shown on how to move past what some of your limitations may be well, at that, that time. I think that you know that that's a great statement too. That's that's how you get the full uh, package, right? Like sometimes, by not engaging with the community and the coaches, and it's it's like a missing piece of the experience, you mm-hmm. know. But it's it's completely something that you need to come in wanting to do. And I think our, our gym does a great job of that because it, it it's like I interviewed uh, Jordan Monroe a while back and he said, I you know, originally I just wanted to come in, do my own thing and leave. But it's like the people in the 6AM would not allow me to do that because they'd ask me how I'm doing and they'd force conversation and mm-hmm. engagement. And so sometimes I think that's what's cool too because part of that is engaging in the gym in, in more than just the workout. Um, so the last question I ask everybody on the podcast is the title of the podcast is building better people. Mm -hmm. Um, that is a special three words associated with what we believe here that everybody working out becomes a better version of themselves. And that's what gives us purpose and drive. And, uh, personally, it's like the thing that wakes me up every morning. And so for you, 
two questions. How's that true for you? And then what does that building better people mean to you? I'll, I'll take the second one first, building better people. The thing is, is a relationship, relationships make better people. Especially when your those relationships help you constructively address whatever your deficiencies are. You know, Chris Rea, God bless him in my diet. You know, he that's one of the reasons I love Chris. He is relentless. And everybody else is here too in different areas. If I need if I'm dragging someday there's invariably somebody here who's not in a bad mood and it's really hard to be in a bad mood when you're around a person or people who are in a good mood and it becomes a collective thing that okay i'm really dragging this morning i I just got to make it there and i'll get better because somebody's going to come along and go come on man your bad attitude's not going to stand you're not dragging anymore. Okay. No, you're right. I'm not dragging anymore. And for me, it has become, you know, we wander through life looking for a group of people or a group that has a set of norms or rules that make sense to you, that you live by, that you want to exemplify. And this is one of those places. No other, I've never been in a gym because gyms really aren't set up to be like this hence we call it a box not a gym and that's become the difference is you're with people it's not uh, I've got to get myself here I've got to motivate myself I've got to do everything myself no that's not how that works here and that to me is the the genius of what this place is and CrossFit is in general Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Bryan College Station, we would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.